Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbach, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Craig Adamson. Craig, are you ready to do this? Yeah, baby. <laughs> Excellent. Let's do this. <laughs> Craig is an RMA, a CRC, a CRPS, a PRP, and an advisor with True Wealth Stewardship. He is an expert in retirement distribution and income planning with an emphasis on reducing or eliminating taxes on retirement income, and I'm excited to have you on. Craig, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why it is you do what you do. Okay. Well, George, thanks for having me on. Um, I've been married for 20 years to my wife, Anne. She's been a huge supporter uh, when I decided to go independent and getting my business started, so uh, much gratitude uh, for my wife for allowing me to uh, pursue my dream. Um, We've got three kids. A daughter age 13, son age 11, another daughter who turns uh, nine later this week. So happy birthday to Chloe. Nice. Shout out to her. <laughs> uh, pretty uh, proud graduate of the Iowa State University in Ames. Uh, pretty avid sports fan. So have season tickets to Cyclone football, volleyball, men's and women's basketball, wrestling, uh, so basically I w- waste a lot of money on, on my advice that I probably could be saving for retirement. <laughs> um, also, uh, very, very involved in an organization called NAFA, which is the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. So I do a lot of, because they're big in advocacy, I travel to uh, Des Moines, which is our state capital here in Iowa, uh, as well as to Washington, D.C., a couple times a year to talk with. Uh, legislators, both at the state level as well as uh, at the national level, with my colleagues, trying to help them, you know, pass rules that make sense and are aimed at the right targets, and also work with our uh, insurance commissioner. We've got a very good uh, insurance commissioner, uh, Doug Oman, here here in Iowa. That's uh, pretty influential and just a really good advocate for uh, the public and, and working with advisors to help things. Um, also involved. Here locally, uh, was on the Planning and Zoning Commission for a couple of years, served a couple of terms as a city council member. Now I'm on a, a couple of boards for senior housing and senior programs, uh, also chair of the uh, Public Services Board here in, in the community. So um, just a few things to keep me busy when I'm not uh, doing family stuff. Right. Well, I certainly respect Other and appreciate things. that. I mean, I think that we all need to put our money where our mouth is, or at least our time where our mouth is. And if we talk about how important it is to be, how important community is to us and how important our work is to us, it sounds like you're doing exactly that by actually getting involved and, and working to make a difference. So I certainly appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. So that's a, just a, you know, I'm a small, small town kid, and, and even though I'm in a much bigger town and in our state, there's... Uh, I like to I like to get involved. I think it's really important for not necessarily just advisors, but anybody just to stay involved civically and, and make sure that when they see something that they don't like, hey, get involved and join a committee and all kinds of places are looking for volunteers and, and things like that. So it's kind of silly to sit on your hands when you can get off your butt and, and get out there and, and try and make a difference. And so that's, I mean, that's even kind of, when you're asking, you know, why, why do you do what you do? Um, part of it is I just, you know, I was in a situation where my parents were going through a divorce later in life. Um, as I, as I tell my clients, 
uh, I needed to start finding out about personal finances, not only for myself, but I was scared to death that my mom would want to move in with me after I graduated from college. <laughs> so I figured I'd better help, uh, help myself as well as be able to help her uh, manage her money better, uh, which was one of the, unfortunately, one of the contributing factors to my parents' uh, divorce. But it's just after learning this stuff and getting into this as a career, which is, this is all I've ever done. Um, it's in my mind, it's just very gratifying to be able to, to move the, move the needle for people. It's just a really cool feeling. And, you know, I, when I went on to college and, and then professionally or whatever, I mean, I played sports in, in high school, so I haven't hit a home run or scored a touchdown since that time. But, you know, <laughs> Other than I think being a dad, um, the best way I can kind of replicate being a, a team captain is is helping people with their personal finances. And you know, you and I have probably, unfortunately, seen some of the dark side of things that happened in, in our business. And I can kind of go into that later. But I just think there's a real there's a real need for educated, competent, uh, client focused advisors. I think we're going to be in not only are we in high demand now, but we're going to continue to be. We can just really make a difference in people's lives. And, you know, that's, that's just one of the things that motivates me to get up every day and do what I do. And I think the same is probably true for you. Yeah. Amen. Amen, Craig. I, I appreciate that. Um, and everything you're talking about certainly resonates with me. Um, in a time when people are feeling so disenfranchised and so frustrated by national politics and, and other stuff, to your point, there's a million different opportunities right in your backyard and in your community to get involved and really make a difference, and there's a big need for it. So I think that that's, that's awesome advice. Um, well, shifting specifically to, to your work, what would you say is an area that if people were able to make an improvement in would make the biggest difference? Well, <laughs> Uh, my contention is that there's a lot of uh, a lot of people who give away a lot of money uh, unnecessarily, or probably even worse, unknowingly. Um, basically, just because I think there's a lot of people that they they kind of think they know how the tax code works, but they really don't. And frankly, there's a lot of advisors that I think think they know what's going on, and they don't. Um, <clears throat> one of the issues. Um, I think that kind of promotes that is this idea that you see a lot of slick advertisements on television from brand name companies saying, Oh, well call us or get on our website and do this. And it's going to be super easy and we're going to help, help, help. But when you kind of peek underneath the covers and especially, uh, and you may find this to be true as well, but when I'm meeting with clients who have gone down that road, yeah, it turns out the, the advice is pretty vanilla or pretty bland or doesn't even apply to them and, and people end up making terrible choices uh, because they've, they've kind of bought into the hype or bought into the, the glamor of, of something they see on TV. And it's really only, you know, skin deep. And unfortunately there's a lot of CFPs and CPAs and other people who clients think know about taxes and IRA distribution planning and stuff like that. And frankly, they just don't know. And it's, it's really, I, I guess I would put it this way. It doesn't really matter if uh, your advisor charges 1% or less to manage your money. Does it really matter if your mutual fund company charges one one hundredth of a percent uh, 
to manage your your assets when you're giving away 10% in unnecessarily unnecessary federal penalties or you're paying 25 to even as much as even 40% in federal income taxes just because you don't know what the rules are and you end up taking money to pay for your retirement in absolutely the wrong ways. And there's just you know, part of my frustration. And like I had said before, I do a lot of advocacy work at the state and federal level. And there's a lot of well-meaning people who work for the Department of Labor or Congress. And there's a lot of, um, I think, well-meaning advisors. But some of those people are pretty self-aggrandizing and like to throw around the, the term fiduciary. Uh, almost of as kind of like a, a magic wand that somehow they're looking out for the investment public. Um, but in my opinion, I think that's a bit of a hall pass. Um, but it's an opportunity for them to, to give, in my opinion, half-assed advice uh, because they don't really understand what's going on. And quite frankly, the, the government confiscates more money through taxes uh, than advisors, good advisors could ever charge in, in fees and commissions and when you talk about fighting the good fight, you know, we're all in this together and need to work together. Clients need to, to work uh, with their advisor hand in hand and recognize what they know and what they don't know. Um, and, you know, make sure that their, um, make sure that their advisor is up to snuff when it comes to paying attention to these rules. And they're less likely to get, less likely to get taken by slick advertising or great marketing pitches and stuff like that. Got it. So none of us want to trip over dollars to get the pennies, right? And it sounds like that's maybe yeah, exactly. one of the things that, uh, that, that that you're hitting on here. So, and I, I want to help people avoid that as well. Um, are there some examples that you found that kind of common mistakes that people make, whether they're working with, it really doesn't matter to me who it is that they're working with, but yeah. they're working with some advisor or some company that's maybe is 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 not going deep enough or, or providing enough personalized advice well, i think some of it is the, the calculators that people find online you know are are somewhat basic and they're 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 meant to give uh general advice which then that's not necessarily a bad thing so i don't i don't want to fault people for going out and trying to do things i mean there's there's nothing wrong with trying to do this yourself the issue really becomes <clears throat> excuse me issue really becomes whether or not uh, people really understand that they're under withholding. You know, if you're taking $50,000 out of your IRA accounts to pay your uh, lifestyle, or you're taking out $100,000 to pay your lifestyle expenses in retirement, but you're not withholding enough money for state and federal income taxes, now you're paying extra penalties. A lot of people don't realize that, you know, hey, if I take out a certain amount of money over this amount, not only am I going to owe taxes on my Social Security, which maybe I claimed Social Security too early for my particular situation, but I should be taking other money that I'm not paying taxes on or not paying taxes on in the same way I am taking money from my 401k or my IRA that suddenly kicks me up into the next tax bracket. And there's, that's where when you're talking about uh, tripping over dollars to save pennies, that's, those are really the things that I see people doing wrong. They they don't know where to invest their money from the start. So then when they go to tap that money later on, they're either taking it out of the wrong accounts or the money that they've got invested, um, they have it invested in the wrong time. Money that should be in a Roth IRA 
is in uh, a, ta- a fully taxable 401k or, or rollover IRA, and they end up causing themselves, you know, who wouldn't like to have an extra three or four thousand dollars a year in retirement, or right. who wouldn't like to have an extra ten thousand dollars a year in retirement? And that, why give that to the federal government? I, as I tell my clients, you can blow that money and, and spoiling your grandkids just as well as the government can buying a four hundred dollar hammer or a three hundred dollar toilet seat. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I can definitely see plenty of opportunities where where people can, can make big errors, but certainly it's it's the small errors, to your point, a thousand bucks here, a thousand dollars there, uh, that adds up to exponential exponential numbers. And financial advising, financial services is, is so vast. Um, and it's a lot for an individual to try to take on to try to figure out okay I need to get insurance in place and now I need to start saving money and now I've done all that and now you're telling me that I need to to design a pretty specific plan for how I actually take this money out so that I'm not paying too much in taxes or penalties um, so I could definitely see and I absolutely advocate that people work with people who are experts in those various areas like designing retirement income and that's one of the areas that you're really focused on yeah and that's uh you know kind of how we we met us through francois Gadon and, and al turco who started uh, rear retirement income industry association and that's so that was kind of an additional piece for me i could kind of see that coming down the road retirement income planning you know when i was looking at this eight ten years ago and recognizing that so i'm i'm a member of uh, uh ed slot's uh, lead ira advisor study group and have been for about 10 years and after I got into that a couple of years I realized there were more things that I needed to know and retirement income planning was going to be becoming a bigger and bigger deal just because Ed Slot's group is so good about talking about the tax piece uh, <laughs> that that really scared me and and then I started getting involved with with what Rhea is doing and got my RMA and was learning more about distribution planning and, and the different ways of doing that. And I just kept thinking, man, it's great. It's, it's great to have some of the designations I have and some of the designations other people have, but you've really, um, you don't know what you don't know until you start studying this stuff. And that, right. that's, that's what makes it scary. So what, what conversations do you think that, that people, avoid having and then the next question would be which conversations do they absolutely need to be having well uh, i i would say kind of the the end of life or incapacity uh type conversations i think that's the that's the big thing that that people are are avoiding um you know we got ten thousand years of, of human history of recognizing that people become disabled or, or die. And unfortunately, especially since you and I are both guys, guys are almost the worst about it. Right. You know, well, I'm never going to die. Or if I, you know, I'm not going to need nursing home care. I'll just go out in the backyard and shoot myself or whatever, run my car off a bridge. Okay. Well, you know, I, I haven't met anybody yet that when the chips are down are interested in dying earlier uh, than, than later They're they're cutting their spending. They're doing whatever they need to do to, to get the care that they need or take care of their spouse or whatever. I have 
not met any people that have specifically taken their own lives just to avoid um, getting care. And I think there's a lot of there's a lot of families that probably because the parents are private people um, or they don't want to put a burden on their kids, they just avoid talking about this stuff, um, which I think is crazy just for the simple fact that the lack of talking, the lack of planning is typically what tears people, tears families apart. Um, when you're not talking to your kids about, you know, who should get the dogs playing poker uh, print, print in the <laughs> den, that's usually the dumb, you know, it's, it's something dumb like that, or I mean, I shouldn't say dumb because it's obviously valuable to somebody, but it's little things like that that start triggering these um, uh, family dynamics that were around when, you know, I don't know how big a family you're from, but it's just my brother and I. And so we were kind of that traditional nuclear family, but there was strife uh, after my mom passed away between my, my brother and myself, as well as his wife and my wife. It's just human nature. Nobody was doing anything wrong. It's just, you know, conversations that we thought we were having. And shoot, I'm even a financial planner. My brother's in finance. We thought we were doing all the right things. Right. And it still was kind of messy at the end. Um, my wife is one of 10 kids. Um, unfortunately, my mother-in-law passed away earlier this year. And my father-in-law passed away a few years ago. And uh, we're right. We're actually right in the midst of, of settling my mother-in-law's estate. And unfortunately, despite the fact that I talked to my in-laws about uh, these things and offered some advice, there's only so much you can do as the, uh, the, the know-nothing uh uh, son-in-law or right. whatever. So, you know, you try and wade in there a little bit to try and help, but you don't want to stick your nose in where it doesn't belong. And in this case, there's, I think fairly, it's a pretty simple estate uh, to take care of, but because there's so many people involved, not only the the children in the family, but then you've got spouses like me and everybody's got an opinion. Uh, suddenly something that should take a couple of months to take care of is going to drag out at least a year and, and possibly longer and may end up hurting some long time relationships just because I, I believe, or at least what I've seen is people kind of revert back to where they were when they were growing up. You know, who are the alpha kids? Who are the beta kids? Who, who runs the show? Who takes orders? Who, uh, who tries to keep the peace? Uh, all of those things we kind of, we kind of fall back into those old patterns. But the problem is <laughs> we've got the baggage from our new life with our, with our spouse and our kids and all of that kind of stuff that we also bring to that conversation. And nobody really knows what goes on behind the scenes at, at somebody else's house, but all of those influence the ability to have these, these good conversations. And frankly, just speaking very candidly and how I do with my clients, when you're a parent, even though you're in your 70s or 60s or whatever, or 80s, you're still the parent. And sometimes your kids just need to hear you speaking as a parent. You know, treating treating your kids with respect, treating your spouse with respect. But we need to talk about these things because you need to know what I expect from you when it comes to helping me uh, choose in-home care. If I need to move to a care facility or a nursing home or something like that, here's what I want to have happen. Here's how I'm planning to pay for it. 
mean, a lot of the strife uh, that, that we're talking to families about is people are so worried about the costs of, of health care and retirement that until they're working with us and kind of exploring this, they're really not recognizing how much the cost is and how inexpensive it can be to insure against it or just putting together a plan that that makes sense in their world uh, to, to keep their kids fighting over money, um, to keep uh, to make sure that they're getting the best care that they deserve. I mean, they saved all this money for retirement. You know, it should be spent on mom and dad. And most kids that I work with are pretty good about that. But they also need to verbalize with their parents. Mom and dad, we don't care about you leaving us money. We're working. We've got our own family. You helped us pay for college. Maybe you gave us a down payment for our house or whatever. We just want you to be safe and we want you to be happy and we want you to live a, a long life. So don't try and, you know, sit in the dark every day for the last 10 years of your life because right. you're worried about spending an extra $20 on electricity. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds Stuff crazy, like but but scenarios like that play out all people the time. People do it. Yeah. Yeah, people, people do that all the time. Well, Craig, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, my biggest thing is um, this isn't rocket science. It's not brain surgery, um, but it doesn't mean it's not complex. So while it, maybe this sounds self-serving, I don't mean it that way. It's okay to ask for help. I mean, there's, there, like I said, there's a lot of, a lot of people that uh, are out there advertising services and things and trying to make you think like, well, you're a chump. If you, if you ask for help, you're wasting money or something like that. And I really believe that people are, are making a huge mistake, not only for themselves, but their spouse and their family uh, by, not, by not seeking advice. And it doesn't have to be for me. It doesn't have to be from you, but they should reach out to somebody that they trust. And then the other thing I would just like to, if I might, I'd just like to point out, people should not be afraid of reverse mortgages and annuities. These products have changed a ton, and people need to have a frank discussion with a qualified advisor to determine if or how they might fit into their uh, situation. They aren't right for everybody. I used to work with an advisor a long time ago at a big uh, national firm that every day that ended in Y was a great day to buy an annuity. <laughs> Are you a man? You need an annuity. Are you a woman? You need an annuity. Are you breathing? You need an annuity. That's not how annuities should be sold. I think you know that, and so do I. But I just, since you're kind enough to give me this forum, for any of your listeners that are listening, reverse mortgages are different. Um, annuities are different. And we've got people like, you know, David Blanchett from Morningstar and uh, Wade Fowle at the America College, uh, Wade being a, a fellow Iowan and friend of mine, um, doing a ton of research on things like this and really exposing what's good and bad about these products. So just, just don't be scared to have a conversation about that or don't shut off your mind just because you heard somebody did something stupid once. Don't, don't do that to yourself. Don't do it to your family. I think that that is great advice and it's all great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. So thank you for that. And Craig, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, well, they can, they can certainly call us toll-free at 800-377-3216. Uh, they can check out our website, truewealthstewardship.com, or they can follow me on Twitter at, at I-R-A-X-P-R-T. 
So we'd love, love to take your questions if you've got some, or if there's some way we can refer you to somebody that's, that's competent and knowledgeable, we'll, we'll help in any way that we can. But uh, thanks, for, thanks for having me on. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Craig your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Check out his website. Follow him on Twitter. Both of those will be listed in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Craig. You bet. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we're all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review. And definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on!